Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pelvic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Forner, and I'm doing something a little different today. Um, I don't have the intro with the music and my monotonous voice. (laughs) Um, So we'll just get straight into it. So today we are talking about mindset, not necessarily just for athletes, but for anyone. Obviously, this, um, this podcast is or at least this episode is probably more aimed towards women, but it could be for anyone. Anyone who is involved in exercise, sport, who's competing, and that's whether or not you're competing against yourself or in light of the CrossFit Open that is going on right now, especially on the back of 18.3. So if anybody's doing the CrossFit Open, or for those people who don't know what it is, April in this episode will explain it a little bit more, but 18.3 was the workout that just happened recently, and within it, there was a significant amount of skipping, and particularly double unders, which is where the rope has to go over twice underneath your feet, Um, and it's a very good impact activity to unmask stress urinary incontinence. So a lot of people who don't have any leakage may only leak with double unders or people who never thought they had leakage will tend to try these types of exercises and then find out they do. So there was a lot of glorification of wetting yourself, I feel, um, at least on social media with this last open. So the episode today well, look, I wish that it, you know, we could have had it out <laughs> before that, um, before that open workout. However, as much as we feel like we can fix everyone <laughs> and help everyone straight away, it's not always the case, but it's better late than never. So hopefully you guys enjoy today. So I have with me Brianna Battles and April Wheeler. So they're both American. Now, Brianna has worked in the strength and conditioning and wellness industry for 10 years. She has coached at various levels. She's the owner of Everyday Battles Strength and Conditioning, which is located in Thousand Oaks, California. She coaches a variety of individuals from professional athletes to novice, both in, her pers- both in person and online. Her specialty is coaching pregnant and postpartum athletes. Brianna presents at state and national conferences, leads seminars, and has created two online educational courses for both athletes and coaching professionals. The links will be on the show notes um, within the blog post that I put out for this. Brianna actively collaborates and networks with a variety of women's health professionals and coaches. She mentors both athletes and coaches on navigating pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. She's married, has two sons, Cade and Chance, who she puts pictures up on Instagram, and they are gorgeous. Um, After the birth of her first son, she deeply realized the need for more advocacy and quality guidance for the pregnant and postpartum athlete. Her business is an ever-evolving effort to be who she needed as a new mom and athlete. Now, April Wheeler, she is, she's got her CrossFit Level 1 certification. She's had it for five years. Professionally, she's a doctor of physical therapy, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. She has the coolest accent. I love it. She's got a background ranging from developmental pediatrics to sports-based adult orthopedics. She uses her clinical knowledge as a physical therapist and her creative background as a CrossFit coach in combination to provide her clients in both settings with quality personalized care. She connected with Brianna when navigating her own challenges in fitness in regards to women's health issues, and she currently hosts an online platform, She Nashville. Again, that link will be in the show notes. 
SHE is an acronym for Strategy, Healing, and Education. The three pillars April feels are crucial to training and treating women with pelvic health, pre- and postnatal concerns. This platform advocates for the education and empowerment of women in fitness with the mantra, every woman deserves access to quality education and the right to make informed decisions in regards to exercise. So without having to listen to me any further, let's hear a word from our amazing sponsors this episode, Sandy Hilton and Sarah Haig out of Entropy Physiotherapy and Wellness. Hi, this is Sandy Hilton. And this is Sarah Haig. And we want to let you know about all the different education opportunities we have at Entropy Physiotherapy in Chicago. You can come here for a class. We have a lot to choose from this year. Or you could attend a, a class we hosted last summer virtually called Better Information for Better Care Using Evidence to Inform Practice. A great course with Dr. Neil O'Connell and Dr. Stephen Camper on just how to read and interpret the evidence and apply it to your practice. And if you'd like more individual information, you could join our online mentoring group, which meets once a month. We already have international participation, and we would love to have anyone else join us. So if you'd like more information, you can go to www.entropy-physio.com and either sign up or send us a message with questions. So we're going to get started straight away because, again, your intros will already have been said once I put it together. Um, But yeah, so kind of seeing some things on social media prompted me to go, okay, I don't remember seeing this last year unless I was totally oblivious to it. But was there modifications for the CrossFit Open kind of spread around social media last year with respect to women and pelvic floor dysfunction? Or am I just noticing it this year? Well, we've made a pretty intentional effort within our, like, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism community to provide things that extend beyond just movement modifications and have it carry over into uh, long-term health and performance and function considerations. So it's not just do this modification for a burpee. It's like, well, what are we, what are, what symptoms are we looking for? What is the goal? How pregnant are you? How early postpartum are you? Just kind of bringing in a bigger picture to it. Because there's been people, of course, that will take on um, doing different modifications, but it's only exercise-based instead of, like, all-encompassing health-based. Yeah. So. I find it um, – it's interesting because, I mean, CrossFit's been around for – a while now, but it seems like a lot of the people who originally got into it are starting to have babies or have been having babies. So I feel like the um, addressing that this side seems to be like it's gaining a little bit more attention. But um, I wanted to sort of get into the mindset of competing and again, centered around the fact that the Open is on. But if people are listening and they don't know what the CrossFit Open is, April, do you want to explain, do you want to give us a summary of kind of what his, I mean, this will still apply to people who aren't involved in the CrossFit Open, but so that people may understand kind of where we're coming from. Sure. Um, So the Open is five weeks and it's five different workouts that are announced, one new workout every week. People do not know what's coming down the pipeline. So um, where I live, it's every Thursday night is when the announcement happens. So people kind of gather around the TV and we wait to see, you know, what what Dave Castro is going to throw at us. And then the two, typically it's two people will kind of battle it out right then and there without knowing what to expect. Um, 
So the whole open, they it's this spirit and it's this mindset of doing things that you didn't know you were, you know, you didn't know you were capable of doing. Um, it pushes people a little bit harder than maybe they'd normally go and makes them um, encouraged to maybe do things that they might normally try. And it's a, it's a lot about, you know, community and rallying around each other, which is one of the reasons that I do really like it. Um, so it's, it's really fun in that aspect. All right. And so why might this be an issue with, um, the, so our issue, Brianna, is the, that there's, you know, women who, who may not be in a good position to push themselves really hard. So who might we need to worry about? Well, I think it's more of an all-encompassing, like, mindset that athletes have, especially CrossFit attracts a certain uh, mindset. And also, um, it it also fulfills, like, that's the culture of CrossFit. And then it's especially the culture of the open and competitiveness is being able to push it and not being able to shut off what I call athlete brain. Um, and that doesn't just go away when women are pregnant or when they are postpartum. And so that mindset transfers directly over into their their output and what they're doing in their workouts. And so I think bringing a whole new conversation um, to the forefront for women that are pregnant and postpartum and then also um, very much are part of the CrossFit culture and um, competitiveness is, is taking a bigger picture perspective to what their body is actually ready for um, and whether it's because whether it's because they're pregnant or they're returning postpartum, their body is not what it normally is, and it's really hard for to like distinguish between what's normal and then what is changing every week for through pregnancy and in postpartum. So, so do you find that women's bodies change but their brains don't? <laughs> As in, you're saying well, the old athlete brain. Yeah, so for a lot of the women that I work with, that's absolutely it. And it's not until they come across um, a lot of the messaging that myself and all of us uh, coaches are trying to put out there, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coaches are trying to put out there, which it's not just exercise modifications, it's a mindset modification. It's a greater awareness of like what you're doing and why you're doing it and, um, and then how you're doing it. So, because we can't just say do this and don't do that, because it's not going to work that way um, for for female athletes. It, it we don't say that about any other um, any other consideration with athletes, and so pregnant women and postpartum women also need to have um, like just a greater gray area rather than just yeah. do this, don't do that. Yeah, and when we talk about like competing. You know, within the open, it can still be, it's not even just, like you said, April, that, you know, you have this beautiful community where people are supporting you and helping you push. Even if you took that away, people are going to compete within themselves. Um, sure. So when you, when you talk about, what, what do you mean when you talk about the athlete brain? Like, what is the athlete brain? Well, In summary. One of the things that, one of the things that I think about too is, and we're speaking, you know, specifically about the open here and in regard to CrossFit. Um, but one of the things is you have people from all different backgrounds. So you have 
women and men too, but specifically for women here, you have women who maybe don't have much experience working out right next to an elite level athlete who was a collegiate track star or, you know, a professional of some sort. And now they're using CrossFit as their outlet for what they enjoy. And if they are a woman who is having implications where they need to back down, taking that away from them, if you're looking at the biopsychosocial component of this and what that's doing to them mentally, mm-hmm. you're it's very devastating to, to some people because you're taking away a little bit of their identity. So we have to be able to navigate that as well. Um, and so we only one see so that's the other part to build off of it. it's not just the identity it's a huge component but then like what is glorified when when you're in the gym people are like you're amazing like just listen to your body you know you like so there's only um encouragement which is great in some aspects but it's it's also like fueling the wrong part um wrong part during this chapter it's also like not that we want to discourage women but it's almost like that just fuels that athlete brain um yeah because we feel good we feel like invincible and like i totally like and i say this as somebody who like literally lived that and walked that whole path four years five years ago um and then we see like online like the like boring stuff that we put out sometimes isn't what gets reshared and reposted it's like how badass mm-hmm. can somebody be and or how fast are they like getting back into shape postpartum like those are the two things that are glorified the most that feel good to get that recognition but it's missing the whole all-encompassing um approach that women really need to excel in their athleticism long term So you address these concepts in your course, which I have always wanted to do and I haven't done yet. (laughs) But are these some of the things that you you talk about? Yeah, you know, because like my background is strength and conditioning. I'm a coach. I am not a physio. I am not, I don't know all the things about core and pelvic health, um, but I know enough to take it into a strength conditioning and CrossFit and fitness environment and culture and mindset and and apply that as a significant consideration for coaching women and I think that's been left out of so many different courses and it wasn't in my education whatsoever and I know April and I talked about this it wasn't in her education either and we both have you know pretty um, high levels of education in the kinesiology realm and yet women's health and pelvic health was not part of our undergrad or graduate at least for me um and, and it's very very brief and it wasn't yeah. part of wasn't really part of my undergraduate degree either or my master's degree <laughs> when we're talking about coaching women it's like well yeah i want to put this information into my course but it's more of like there's a there's a huge spectrum of things that we need to talk about as coaches that are um and i call us like we're the first line of defense because the majority of athletes do not know to go to a women's health physio they don't and so where do they go they go to the gym they find their trainer they go to their mommy fitness camp or they go to their um yoga instructor and those people need to act as the first line of defense and so that's what i wanted to try to like at least like drop hints and connect the dots and create a little bit of more awareness for that first line of defense, these coaches and fitness professionals and, and practitioners that are seeing these women 
so then we can act as a great source of referrals and then also um, not hurt them through our programming and exercises, but um, really be able to guide them with like a big picture intention and help them like train if they are managing any symptoms too. So I'm just being really mindful and supportive of the whole woman and not just during pregnancy and just postpartum, but like 20 years from now. <laughs> so or women who have never, you know, have never had children before who are also yeah. dealing with pelvic health concerns, you know, incontinence, prolapse, the many things that we can see. Um, right. So that's a big big part of it too. It's a it's a big part that's not talked about enough, the women who haven't had the babies that have issues and I think it's a it's a big the prevalence rates of women who haven't had babies that have incontinence are relatively high but underreported because the I um um had oh I did like a little talk with people recently just trying to show them different things about pessaries and half of the women that I was speaking to um, had never had any babies. It was a CrossFit group. And within a questionnaire, I had them fill out, you know, do you have any issues? We were just talking about, you know, if you had to pick a pessary, what would you pick? Would you try one? And when I was reviewing it, again, half these girls haven't had babies. Um, I would say, you know, probably about 70% of the girls had ticked that they leak with double unders. And you're just like, you've never had a baby and you leak but you've never mentioned it or talked to somebody about it. Or you get the girls who don't have babies, they only leak when they do 80 double-unders, they don't leak beforehand, and it's kind of in their minds, they're like, well, A, it's not that bad, and it's probably happening to so many other people, so it's kind of normal and it's okay. And so Mm -hmm. I love that we have this massive focus on these issues, especially women who have had babies or are pregnant. Um, But yeah, there's there is a, a large cohort of women who haven't had babies and they still have these issues and they're probably less likely to talk about them as well. Right. So, um, so you guys both, you, Brie, you, I don't know, do you own a gym? No, <laughs> no, I, Close I rent to. space. Okay. Yes. I, yeah. So I rent space at a gym and coach there a few hours a week. And then the other stuff I do is just all online. Okay. And April, you also work at a CrossFit box. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So I got my um, level one about six years ago. And through that six years, I've taught at two different gyms. I used to live in a different state than I live in now. I used to live in Georgia. Um, So I've kind of had a little bit of journey with that. So are women receptive? Are you approaching women um, or are they coming to you because they know kind of what you're doing? Or how are you, how do you find you're kind of navigating the help other than the online stuff? Because that's where I find a lot of people in their own time without talking to somebody will stumble across things. But when you're actually in the gym, like when I'm at the gyms and I'm kind of watching, um, I don't know, it, like it just, it depends so much on the coaches that you have but the only time that I find the gyms I've been at that people talk about it is just because of what I do I'm pretty open and I talk about things and then they're like oh my god I have that issue too so how do you how do you navigate around your gyms um I think it's exactly what you just said is making it an open line of communication you have to be comfortable with it Uh, I had this conversation with somebody yesterday actually on a on a phone call 
And he's a male, he's a coach, doesn't know a ton about women's health or pelvic health in general, um, but wanting to learn because he knows that some of the athletes, you know, have these implications. And I told him, open the line of communication and say, hey, is this a concern that you have? Okay, well, you know what? I'm trying to spend some of my time to learn a little bit about it. And just that simple, hey, I'm here and I am here for you says a world of, you know, of hope to these women who need someone to guide them because that's our job, right? We're there to, to guide them through this. Um, so in my classes in particular, I feel like I'm pretty open. If we're doing certain movements, I will kind of say, hey, if you're feeling any of these kinds of things, feel free to come talk to me afterwards. This is what we're looking for in our abdomen when we're doing certain movements. I will, if we're doing pull-ups or ring dips or something, I'll take them through a little bit of a progression. I might talk about um, like feelings of pressure or feelings of gas or things like that to where you're getting a little bit of signs and symptoms of maybe something's going on, maybe it's not, but just so that you're a little bit more aware of your body. And do you, did you learn any of that in your CrossFit coaching? I did not. No. So, and checking. I, We're getting. We'll, we'll get there one day. <laughs> look back. Look back and um, and think about that. But it, it, I didn't. Yeah. And Bree, you do. Are you? So, I um, I'm just trying to think back to the introduction that I pre-recorded. Um, are you CrossFit coaching as well? Uh, no, but I I run my business out of a CrossFit oh, gym. Okay, I'm like, there's a connection. Yeah, and I'm like super involved in the CrossFit community. It's yep. just my business is a women's strength and conditioning program. And then within that, I, um, my class, I coach like an all women's class. And then also like a pre and postnatal six week program that I run a few times a year. That's very like community based. Um, I'm not working with athletes, I'm working with, you know, moms that just, want to get out of the house and feel good and lift their kids without back pain. But then also like I get to work with pretty high level athletes too. So it's kind of that these women in my community are like my awesome case studies that keep me, uh, keep me really informed and um, creative. It's, so, it's funny when you say that the moms and then the athletes, when you think about it, like most of the moms at some point were probably an athlete, even if it wasn't competitive, but as kids, they do so many sports and you kind of find a sport for a period of time and then you kind of go to uni and maybe drink too much and you've stopped <laughs> exercising and then you have kids and there's like a whole other world you totally forgot about. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I do talk about that in the course is like I really look, look at women as being like we're all athletes. It's just we have like different demands within our athleticism. And, you know, whether someone's trying to make a run for the CrossFit Games or they have the demand of walking 8,000 steps a day because that is what motherhood requires. Um, like we should be able to work with both levels of athletes and have this top-down approach. So that's like very much part of uh, my like ethos, I guess, within the course. Um, so, so yeah, I obviously like in an all women's environment and everybody knows what I do. Um, like my programs, I'm constantly talking to them about you know, their core and pelvic floor and just really checking in and um, being with them through their pregnancy and their training and watching their tendencies and being able to, in the moment, like, like, self, like help them self-regulate. Um, 
but in the greater CrossFit community or fitness community, it is challenging because you don't want to come off as being like a buzzkill and overstepping. But um, I find that like if I just kind of keep putting out there like what I'm doing or if people follow me on social media, then they always end up coming and like talking. And um, I think that's our the wisest approach is to just sort of keep putting out the stuff that all three of us are trying to do in this community. And then the people that are ready and willing to hear about it and learn more will always find us um, because it comes, you know, recommended. Like there's so many times where people are like, you need to talk to so-and-so and and they'll send me a message. So I think it's just being a resource within your community. And that's that's huge for me. it's like, I want to be the person in the community that women can have like their doulas referred to or their OBs referred to, um, their therapists referred to, whoever, like when it's like, well, I'm man, I am like, I have incontinence or I have diastasis. Well, you should go see Brie. <laughs> like I can be that person. And then from there, I can send them and direct because I, I know the people in my community. I know who to refer to and I can like save them a lot of money and a lot of time by just getting them in front of me or getting on a call with them. Um, so I like to do that in my community and be and create those like open lines of communication. And then obviously online too, we have such a great reach. And so whatever content we put out there, I think we just have to um, stay consistent with so that people know how to find us and you know, learn a few things as we go. And as a physio, I find um, there's there's always been a gap between what we do in rehab and really where people want to get back to. Um, And sometimes that gap is smaller based on a physio's background, especially in the women's health world. Um, I don't know if physios are, are sometimes threatened or... I don't know. I feel like sometimes physios get women to a certain point and then they either kind of let them move on and there's that gap where, you know what they've been doing for exercise and kind of what they want to get to. There's kind of a load progression missing in that center. Um, Or if people feel like, I don't know, if they feel like they have enough knowledge to kind of move them on. Whereas I find, like you said, with the coaching, I thought that's not a lot of what we learn as physios. And I just feel like there's still a gap, which is why this, which is why I love online stuff. Because if I can't find somebody within my community that I can refer on to, um, then at least we've got some online stuff that people can can follow as well. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, I think it is hard to like go through the return to play scenario for, um, for athletes and for pregnancy and, and postpartum. Like we have a ton of progressions that are known for both like um, in physiotherapy and then like if somebody hurts their shoulder, it's like, well, this is sort of the progression and now you're ready to do this and now you're ready to implement pushing and now you're ready to implement pulling and now you can go overhead. Like we have this like order of operations that I think is more spelled out mm. in like orthopedic considerations and for coaches too. Um, you go to any like any conference and like we have these conversations about you know, considerations for pitchers and considerations for your basketball athlete or your volleyball athlete or post, uh, you know, rotator cuff injury, whatever it may be. Like we have a general idea, but when we dial it into something so common that so many women will experience like pregnancy and postpartum, like it's not, there's nothing. 
And so I think that's really where the gap is missing. It's both in the fitness community and trainers, even like really well educated, awesome professionals. We still see that gap um, pretty blatant to see online. I still feel um, like I have a gap. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I can get you to a point and I have some ideas, but you know, there's right. other people out there that can bring it just that little bit further as long as they have the background, which is why I love yeah. what you guys are doing. Collaboration is pretty awesome. Like, it's really nice to have that in our community. And then even just being able to refer online to the people that help fill that gap. And I think exactly what Brie was saying before, the end game is not just to be done with therapy and, and just go back to nothing. It's to go back to our sports. So we have to have that open line of communication. It is crucial to getting our clients and our patients better. And that's the ultimate goal is getting them better. Whatever that looks like to them, whatever better is, we have to work as a team. And you wouldn't have an athlete with a back injury, you know, getting prepped for regionals and just say, oh, well, Susie, just grind on through it. Like you would give them a plan and you would follow the plan. And we're, we're just not seeing that as much for these considerations right now anyway. Or it's changing that thing comes into play is like, we don't look at pregnancy and postpartum as being a consideration. Mm, we're like, right. well, we, we were made to do this and this is like natural and whatever. And so like, it's almost like people don't want to use pregnancy as an excuse, but like, right. we're not saying it's an excuse, but we're saying it's a consideration. Like we have to like separate that, um, that perspective, I think. And so that's where, you know, I, I don't, like saying, you know, pregnancy is an injury or postpartum is an injury because it's not, but it is something that we have to honor and approach mm. slightly different. You might have than- to, you may have to beg to differ with it is, well, there is injury that can happen. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. So I mean, I guess I mean like the context of like, if I, if I compare pregnancy to an injury, like yes. athletes would be so, so offended, Andrea. right? <laughs> yeah. But like we do have to say it is in consideration and your body is in a different state than it normally is very similar to when you get injured, your body is in a different state than what it is normally used to. And so within this new state of being, there are certain modifications and adjustment to how you move and when you move and why you move that we need to take into consideration here. So Mm -hmm. you guys have been doing little videos for the open. Have you been doing this together? Well, no, no. So like we, (laughs) so it kind of started on a whim. It was, I, I did like a, I don't know, almost like a CrossFit open PSA. And then in our coaching group, I was like, you know, guys, like, why don't we try to just like really change a lot of the conversation that's going to start to, that we're going to start to see as these workouts get released. So why don't we use this hashtag or whatever, like, I don't even, I think April, did you come up with it? I don't know, like the PPA open hashtag, so that we're consolidating quality information in one place. And so if I can say, hey, go look through this hashtag, scroll through it, you're going to find so many different coaches that are putting out their content on their own blogs, on their own website, on their social media, um, whether it's modifications for the workout or a mindset modification or teaching like different breath and positioning, position strategies, like this is your place. This is your like place to go if you are a pregnant and postpartum athlete. And so it's been cool to see a lot of the coaches get on board and like get 
creative and confident in what they're putting out there. Cause that's another thing too. It's like you, I want to anyone who takes my course or that I get to interact with in general, like I want them to go out and like put that stuff out there, like get confident in your coaching because if it's not coming from you, it's going to come from somebody else. And it's not going to be as good. And then we're going to be pissed off. So put your stuff out there and own it. And like, it's going to save somebody in some capacity. It's going to set like, going to open some eyes and some light bulbs are going to go off. And that's exactly the response that we've seen. Um, and that's been acknowledged by some pretty high level CrossFit athletes. So we've had some positive exposure there too. And it's been nice to see that, I guess that effect. Yeah. And I always like to say, you know, more minds are better than one. You go to the PPO, PPA open hashtag and you see 20 different options for scaling 18.2 one of those options might work and 19 of them might not but you have that's our biggest pain here is we're giving you more options and they're all for the same purpose but woman a to woman b to woman c those implications might not look the same right so we need to to be able to explore all of those different options so it's been really cool to be able to see that and then also talking about mindset not just movement but the whole, the whole thing. I love the ideas you guys come up with. Seriously, the, the burpee one with the band standing. I'm like, I never would have thought of that. It was awesome. I know. Shoot. That was so good, April. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was good. It's cool because everyone has like, you know, our coaches all have like the same foundation and then how we apply what our, what the foundation is, is what makes like coaching this, beautiful creative act and gift and like I that's what I love about coaching is I can't tell the same like two different women at the same thing so I have to get really creative with how I talk to you and then how I talk to you and so now seeing that with coaches getting out there and getting online and like with whatever reach we have we are falling on the ears and eyes that are seeking out this information which is really cool. And is that how we get women, again, who are possibly involved in like a competition mindset who are trying to put their issues kind of on the back burner and push through? Is it just like, how do we change it? Is it just exposure? And again, with social media, the more that people see and the more that they hear, the more that they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I really should address that. Yes. So I think that it it also goes back to, you know, talking about the whole psychosocial aspect of it the open is huge on that we know that you can change the neural system by the way that you speak to someone so if you bring a woman into a room full of 50 people yelling and dropping barbells and you know all rowdy she can change her mindset in a second and we need like I think the biggest thing is being able to rally around these women and giving them encouragement to stick to their plans and letting them know this is temporary, like build your base so that you can build the peak kind of thing. Um, And just being their support system because they need it right now. Right. And I also like to encourage um, just ownership and like part of um, when I work with athletes, I, I want them to feel confident in in their informed decisions. Like I want to talk to them about 
this spectrum of things that we need to be aware of during pregnancy and postpartum and how our approach to these chapters and when they change um, is really is really important and um, it's it's also been positive to see um, some high-level athletes share and take ownership of why they are making adjustments even though so-and-so is only 20 weeks and barely showing she's like you know I don't really need to do 20 I don't need to do toast bar anymore so I'm gonna modify and now her reach of over a hundred thousand people now is gonna fall on the the eyes that need to see that as an example and like yes. that's where I'm very very grateful for the exposure that like I've been given because it's not really coming from me. It's coming from the people who've had different seeds planted and we're giving women an athlete. We're giving these women like permission to sort of surrender to the things that we can't control and to make informed decisions around the things that we can control. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I, I was breathing when I was saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> come up for air. Yeah, but you know, you know, like I don't know. That means it just means a, a lot to be able to be really to take that ownership in the choices that you're making, and even if it's not what I would recommend, I at least know that as a coach, like I I gave them the tools in order to like logic through what they needed to. And because I know one of the biggest things that has left me so angry um, with my first pregnancy and postpartum recovery is like, I was just so duped. I was like, why didn't I know? Why didn't anyone say anything to me? Like, this is such a big deal. Why was this, why was there so much negligence around a fit pregnancy and a postpartum return? So I was just pissed, you know? And so now it's like, at least I can put this information out there in the ways that I can. And now they can't say that they wish they would have known. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, why? So, if if you are trying to, which is really hard because it's very generalized. Um, and if we come back to the open, like you said, we don't know what's coming next. So, when you did, when you've done the videos for eighteen point one and eighteen point two with the modifications, did that come out? Well, obviously, you would have had to wait until the announcement came out. And then do you scramble really fast and quickly to try to get modifications out? Are people waiting for that before they do it? How's that working? I think it's still pretty new in, in uh, how we're approaching this. But <laughs> I think just but like, you know, like I think maybe for some Thursday night or like Friday and Saturday, we put some content out there. And then um, – at this point, it seems like a lot of people are redoing it anyway. Okay. So, um, but I think, you know, on Fridays and Saturdays, the content's out there by Sunday, it's there. And then, you know, Monday, I think is sort of that last ditch effort to try to redo it for some people. So, you know, without being too, uh, <laughs> too meticulous with like waiting into the moment to like just create content we're putting in some, some good thought and, um, just trying to, to put it out there and people now I think know um, what we're trying to do and we'll hopefully um, use it as a, a resource. Should they really be redoing it? Do they need to redo it? 
Oh, well, I don't think so. But um, <laughs> Do we come back to but, the mindset I mean, with that? So I think like pregnant women aren't, but I think yeah. postpartum women are. Yeah. Um, because again, it's this mindset of like, well, I'm not pregnant anymore. I'm mm. fine. And it's the end, or I don't have symptoms and, but you're only 12 weeks postpartum. I can visually not- see my body has come back, but it hasn't. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's also, it's kind of having that conversation too of like, just because you can doesn't always mean you should. And like, what is your why behind it? Like, and, uh, one thing we talk about a lot and April and I talked about yesterday was, um, you know, having this mindset of like, if you have to second guess, if you should do something, you need to listen to that. Like when we, I always say listening to your body is like not good enough information, but when you go, Oh, should I like, I wonder if I should do toes to bar or should I cut them out? Or I wonder if I should sub the bike for running. Um, like that is your answer. Like that right there is the answer when you have to, when you second guess that like innately, um, whether it's cutting your volume or your load or your intensity or the actual movement itself, like that is what helps you regulate um, when as an athlete, you are not used to regulating. (laughs) If somebody's wanting to do the open and their postpartum, um, and the scaled version is still not scaled enough for them and they want to partake in it, is it kind of up to, like, how does it work in the gyms? Like, April, if somebody was in your gym and they were doing the open and even scaled was not good enough for them, do they, not good mm-hmm. enough, but as in, like, it's still too difficult for them, um, how do they still participate? So how we do it at my gym is we do the workouts on Saturday mornings as a group. Um, Some people might do it before then, but typically everybody does it Saturdays. And what I am doing personally is providing my athletes with options because I know not everybody is going to be able to do it as prescribed or as prescribed in the skilled version either. Mm -hmm. So they'll still participate as normal and they'll just do it in the way, just like any other workout, any other Monday through Friday that they would do. They do that exact same, you know, in that exact same manner. So they'd scale it appropriately for where they are with the needs that they have for right now. Yeah. And then they just don't post it online. So they wouldn't post it online okay. on the um, on the game site. No, because there wouldn't be an there just wouldn't be an option an for option. that. So that will need um, to change so in the actually future. We do a scaling board in my gym. Yeah. So everybody's still able to participate in that way. Yeah. See, I've never been a leaderboard fan. I never, I never write anything down. I don't, when I get in, if they're like, what's your one rep max? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Um, (laughs) So it's never bothered me to like not write it down, but I do know, like you said, whether or not they've been a previous athlete or they're just a competitive person, you know, the leaderboard all of a sudden is a very stressful thing. Yeah. Yeah. We always say, stay away from leaderboarding. Yes, if you have considerations to take into account. So are you? do you have anything in plans for the next, what is it, three weekends? As in like putting so, content out there. That's my husband. Let's oh. just ignore him. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of this content is for, for the majority of us that are putting out content for it, for the Open in particular, 
feel like it's stuff that we already have available. A lot of it's stuff we've already um, made or, or spoken about. It's just that we're able to put it in kind of a lump sum for this specific workout. So can kind of comprising something that people can look at it in a, a booklet form of, okay, these are maybe some of the considerations to think about for this workout. Yeah. And I think it's just like with so many things in coaching, it's just being repetitive. Like I'm going to keep repeating myself and the like, and this overarching like mentality and approach and not just this, the, not just the specifics for workouts and whatnot, but like, here's what we're mindful of. Here's what we're thinking about. Here's how we should approach this chapter and whatever, just because they need that like continual affirmation that yes, this is the right choice. This is why I'm doing this. This is why this is my approach. And um, because I think it's sometimes even easy to like get guilted into pushing it. Mm, um, yeah. And so being able to take that and like just hear it continually is sort of my role in it is to just be on repeat and then direct. I just want to direct everyone to the different coaches that are putting out cool stuff and um, you know, for more like detail specifics. And I think it's been really awesome to see women that are, you know, in the, in this community that we have who don't necessarily participate in CrossFit, but they're still able to share the content and material with the people that they do serve that do partake in CrossFit. So we're able to help each other that way. And I know just from a personal standpoint, being involved with CrossFit for so long, whenever I started, CrossFit was 100% new to me. I really hadn't even exercised a ton. I mean, just, you know, recreationally, but nothing to this kind of intensity that my, um, my body needed of me. And looking back over the years, there were definitely considerations because I'm having a little bit of um, like women's health kind of considerations myself right now. And I have this guilt of, oh, well, I should have known because one, this is my body and I should, you know, I should know when something's wrong, but I didn't, ha I didn't have a clue. I didn't know. And now that I do know, it's almost this, we need to be taking care of our people and letting them know and giving them options and then letting exactly what Bree said earlier, giving them their options and giving them, you know, more people that have options and then letting them decide what's best for them. Yep. Giving them their autonomy to, yes, make their, you give them the information and they get to take it or they don't. And like you said, sometimes over years, they kind of go, oh, should I have listened to myself a few years ago? Um, but it, it's it's hard because, like we said, there's still a, you know, a group of women who don't have any symptoms or, and this is like, it's kind of, if you go outside of the CrossFit world, women who are physically active, who don't have, say, something like stress incontinence, um, but the reason that they are not incontinent is sometimes because they haven't done anything that actually unmasks it. So they actually may be, and it's not till years down the road that they do exercises they had never done before that maybe are really high impact that unmasks it. Um, and then, yes, they get worried that they've caused something to change or they've done something. And sometimes it's just that, well, it was there. You just had never, you know, done something to, to, to bring it out. So that's why I love all of the, the modifications and the cues that you guys are, are kind of not preaching, but trying to give people so that 
you know, when, when they're doing these types of activities to take into consideration the different types of ways that they can breathe or do pelvic floor or hold their body in different positions. Um, so any, do you have any tips from like a general sense with regards to what people might even just start to think about or that they can add into some of the exercises or workouts that they're doing now if they're listening? Um, well, I think beyond exercise, I think it is, I think it's really just this adjusted mindset to training right mm. now. And I like, you know, pregnancy is temporary, postpartum is forever. And like what we do during these chapters really matters. And it's not, and a lot of people are just told by their coaches um, and peers, like, just listen to your body and do what you've always done. And for an athlete, like that is not good enough information. And so since I think we're getting that message out there, at least in our community, that that's not good enough information for this population, um, what are we listening for? And so it's putting out um, this awareness of, of different symptoms and, and things that we, that we need to be aware of. And if we're experiencing any of those things, that's worth honoring. And it's worth, um, you know, one of the, the, really awesome athletes that I'm working with right now um, said that it's been so nice to just surrender and like that her word that she's just channeling through her pregnancy. And again, this is a woman who's, who's literally getting paid to be an athlete. Like that is her job is to be a professional athlete and to give herself the permission to surrender to whatever pregnancy and birth and her recovery is, has been so awesome for her approach to training during this pregnancy and I think that was like really nice to hear and it's nice that that is something that's um, being owned and um, exemplified by somebody like her because if these high-level athletes are reaching out and asking us for more information and wanting some um, consultations and coaching through their pregnancy and postpartum I hope that that has a top-down effect so that other athletes are like well gee if this games athlete is seeking out some guidance, I sure as heck like better consider that too. Maybe I don't like know all the things, which none of us do, but like, you know, like just seeking out additional guidance during an unknown chapter. That probably didn't really answer. No, but you know what I loved? So (laughs) in my mind, I always think, okay, what might somebody else ask as well as, okay, I want my own information too. Um, But I thought, okay, I'll ask her to see if she has any specific things that people can start to do, like, you know, thinking of their breathing or thinking of their pelvic floor. But I love that that is what you came out with because that's what people will wonder and ask is, okay, I've got it all. Now what do I physically do? And you... I loved it because you just went, actually, okay, more important than that is to come back to the mindset and owning it. So you didn't answer well, it, but you did. That's going, well, because that's what's going to determine everything else. I know. That's why I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I have this conversation a lot, um, you know, because everyone, they do want to know, what do I do? What do I not yes. do? And like, I would love it if it was that simple. Yeah. But yeah. more importantly, it comes back to why do you want to do it? And what is your body like? What does your body need you to do right now, for whatever, whatever, whatever place you're at? Whether you're six months pregnant or six months postpartum or six years postpartum and still managing an injury, like 
or yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's just, it's really treating as a coach is treating the whole woman and the whole, her, her lifetime of athleticism, who she was at 16 and who we want her to be at 60. Like Mm. that is how we coach. It's not just about pregnancy and postpartum. It's like, that's one chapter in a woman's entire athletic life. And like, if we don't help her through that unique chapter, well, then we're doing a disservice for her, her, like her as a whole. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Love it. Oh, that was so good. So is there is there anything else that you want to drive home to people who might be listening who are, again, either involved in the open or who are, you know, doing exercise, like it's just generally doing exercise because they may be pushing themselves within exercise anyway, who are women um, who are either pregnant or postpartum or having issues and when we talk about issues we're talking about if you pee you know while you're exercising whether or not that's 80 double unders or one skip or box jumps or sneezing or coughing or laughing or the feeling of heaviness or pressure or pain with intercourse or losing even losing gas that's still now considered anal incontinence and in runners I think they looked at long distance runners and 86% of long distance runners um, have some type of incontinence and most of that can be kind of wind related. So yes, any last words directed at all of those women? (laughs) I would say um, for me, just, you know, stick to your plan as well as you can. There's going to be external factors that are going to try to derail you. And in the end, the only person that is living in this body is you. So take ownership of your body and do away with the rest as well as you can. Yeah. And Brie already like dropped the mic before (laughs) with a big big speech. I'm like, Oh, we don't really need any more from her. No. Um, I loved the, the surrender. Like, cause you know, some people will, you know, I don't know if some people consider it sandbagging, but I love the feeling of just going, I don't know if I like surrendering because it's less effort, (laughs) but I I do like surrendering. Well, I mean, I think too, like as an athlete, there's this fear of like losing, I I know we talked about identity, but there's also like this fear of like losing ability and like pregnancy takes away part of your ability. And so that athlete brain tries to counter that. Well, and like for, I will speak on behalf of myself right now. Um, Like I wanted to keep squatting this certain squat set through my entire pregnancy didn't matter how pregnant I got like I wanted to keep doing five by five at a certain amount of weight no matter what why I don't know like but it was mental it was like my Mm -hmm. brain it wasn't my body and I didn't care I didn't care how pregnant I was and I didn't care like what compensations it took to do it but I did it because that was important to me and then I was so afraid of losing pull-ups and I was so afraid of losing box jumps and like the thing is we like by trying to hold on to that part of our athleticism, we might be holding ourselves back postpartum. And I think that like setting off that light bulb has really been really helpful for a lot of the athletes is like you trying to maintain is actually going to set you back. Hmm. So, um, so I think that helps with at least for pregnant women navigating their pregnancy and when to modify and why they're modifying. Um, 
we don't have to just we don't have to be the same Bree or the same April or the same Lori when we're pregnant as we are when we're not um, or when we're postpartum too. Like people ask me if I'm doing the open, I'm like, I had a baby six months ago. Like I have really specific considerations, and like my life is in a weird chapter right now. Like mm. I'm adjusting. My priority is not like taking my ass at the gym. Like I just can't. Like I I literally can't. Have the time or energy. You're getting that done so, in other ways right now. Yeah, like so I'm doing like workouts for fun so that I can like connect and understand and be like, oh yeah, that was terrible, you know. But I mean, and I'll modify when I need to modify. I will. Like I have no problem with that, and it's so freeing to be in that place now because I've owned it instead of like, oh god, I suck and people are judging me and I'm not anything close to what I was. Like I'm not supposed to be right now. And, and that's okay. And you may get it back if you ever want to in the future because after 40, I'm going to be 40 this year, um, yeah. our bodies are pretty amazing. And it's not, I don't know if like, I think back to when I first had the kids, if I just never thought I was ever going to be as fit again because 40 was so bloody old. Whereas now that I'm reaching it, I'm like, I'm not old, I swear. So it's it's really hard to look into the future and know that life is not over <laughs> after 40. But yeah, no, it is. I just think like mother, like motherhood is just so evolving, and like early motherhood, it's our things, like our priorities shift because they have to shift. Mm. It's like a whole different demand, and that doesn't mm. make me or anybody else like less of an athlete. And we see people pursuing high levels of athleticism and motherhood, um, but the majority of us aren't being paid to be professional athletes. We're just wanting to keep our body in good health and our mind in a supported place, and. Um, I think if we can adjust how we view our abilities and our fitness and what our body can do and maybe what it's not ready to do yet, um, it, it just gives us so much more peace for this chapter and it makes us better as a whole. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. Thank you guys so much. We're going to have, we're going to have to wrap it up because I have to go and pick up my kids from school. Um, but I loved it. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to go to iTunes and leave a review, preferably five stars, just so that more people can find this podcast. And don't forget to check out Entropy Physiotherapy and Wellness. Have a good day.